0: Lights, lights, so many Christmas lights. I'm walking here in the streets of Trastevere, a beautiful neighborhood in uh, north of the river Tiber in Rome. And all the bars and restaurants on both sides of the street are covered in beautiful Christmas lights. Rome is, uh, is going all out when it comes to Christmas decorations. And what I love is that it's not just uh, the tiny standard lights, but they also twinkle. And it's in good taste. Sometimes (laughs) these Christmas decorations can be very like over the top and all sorts of colors, but this is all really nice, like almost like a golden glow. And then you have these white twinkly lights in between the golden lights. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And I'm now entering the main square um, in in this part of uh, Trastevere, with a beautiful church lit by um, many spotlights, uh, with a um, facade adjacent to the to the medieval tower, on which you can see. Um, a beautiful mosaics depicting I think the Virgin Mary in the center there with the uh, baby Jesus in her arms and then surrounded by on the right side I think the Magi one two three four five no six seven eight nine ten there are lots of um, uh, looks like ladies and, and they are carrying gifts I suppose I'm not sure if this is maybe also a reference to the story with uh, the the wise and the not so smart virgins in the the parable of Jesus. And then right now they're getting ready for evening prayer inside the church. And I think I've shared this with you before. The the community of Sant'Egidio always comes together here in the evening to pray together, to sing. And after that, they go into the streets to care for the homeless people. And like in any other big city, there are a lot of people living here outside, and especially in the cold. It's December, and temperatures are dropping quite a bit during the night. It's it's not yet freezing, but it's getting close to freezing point at night. Uh, What they do is they distribute uh, blankets and warm clothes and sometimes also soup and food. Um, And and there are... Hundreds of volunteers that do that every night. And before they go out in the streets, they pray together and they sing together. It's really beautiful. I won't go inside because I think um, uh, I, I'd be disturbing the service if I would be talking into the microphone. But maybe some other time I'll take you inside. Uh, I'm currently recording a series of, um, of podcasts in the like the classic way, it's it's how I got started in podcasting. Uh, right here in Rome, actually, one of my very first podcasts was recorded. Also here, I remember it was on a on a morning, um, the sun was shining, and I was walking around here in Trastevere, and I was describing the sights, but also the smells. I remember that I passed, I went, I walked past a a bakery, and I could smell the the. The, the scent of, of, of fresh bread, and I was describing that. And I didn't realize at the time that that was actually um, quite novel <laughs> to use audio to take people uh, with me on a, on a virtual tour, so to say. And this taxi is driving by. I don't know how they manage in these very narrow streets full of tourists. Although it's a Monday evening, so it's not that crowded. It is usually very, very busy in the in the weekend, but today it's um, it's rather calm. What I like is that a lot of these newer taxis are electrical, so they don't pollute as much, they're not as noisy. Um, the downside is that they can sometimes sneak up on you and all of a sudden you, you, you turn around and there's this big car behind you and you, you can't hear it because it's all super silent. I hope that one day in the future Rome will be entirely uh, uh, using electrical vehicles, especially the Motorinos. I really, you know, I like the look of the Vespas and there is a certain uh, romantic nostalgia attached to them but they do make a lot of noise and and it's very smelly <laughs> so i think that this city would benefit tremendously from uh, an upgrade to electrical technology so i've been here in rome for two days now two full days i arrived on saturday evening um, and i'm staying this time in the um, in the college of the Norberti- norbertines So it's the Norbertine order. It's uh, located on the small Aventine, of course you have the big Aventine hill, and then you also have the Aventino Piccolo, Piccolo Aventino. Uh, And on that hill is also the Dutch college where I lived for two years. So I was very familiar with the surroundings, and I was super happy that I uh, was able to get a, a room there for... The next week, so I'm staying until Saturday, which is the day before Christmas Eve. It is a bit weird. We have a very short Advent time this year, so this this upcoming Sunday is going to be already the fourth Sunday of Advent, and so on, on Sunday morning it's it's the fourth Sunday, and then the evening it's already Christmas Eve. So it's a bit of a <laughs> it's a bit of a, a rush, I would say, but. Um, I'm super happy that I can spend this last week leading up to Christmas here in beautiful Rome and it's so Christmassy it's really lovely here on my right is a is a Christmas market although it's not really a Christmas market I think there's one stand here that sells Christmas stuff the others just sell what they usually sell it's just now all decorated with uh, uh, with uh, holly and and green and red decorations, and this old tree in front of this this church is partially covered in, gliss- in glittering glittering lights, and you have these ropes with lights extended in all directions. So it is a bit like the party tree in in um, in Hobbiton, but then instead of the the what is it the little flags they they have lights it's it's actually quite nice so i'm going to cross this busy road here to get to the other side of <clears throat> of trastevere because i'm heading south yeah south i'm heading, actually going am going straight to the south um my because um Trastevere is north of the Tiber. Although the Tiber kind of turns and twists through Rome, but um, if I walk straight south for about an hour, I'll be home, uh, and I can go to bed. So I'm have st- been staying here uh, for two days now. The first day, Sunday, was amazing. The weather is gorgeous this this entire week. I'm so lucky. I've never I don't I don't remember ever having this quality weather the week before Christmas. I lived here for two years and it was always raining around this time of the year. Um, Nasty weather, lots of wind, but this entire week is going to be sunny, clear skies, much more like blue and, I don't know, just very beautiful skies compared to the summertime where it can be hazy and there's a lot of pollution. But, uh, but not here, not, not now. The sun is still warm, so in the morning it's, uh, it's chilly, it's uh, just a few degrees Celsius. But in the course of the day when the sun mounts, uh, rises, it, uh, it actually gets almost springtime-like. Well, not really, because you, you're, you have to uh, wear a coat. <laughs> But it's it's very nice. It's just wonderful, <laughs> and I, I d- just didn't expect that. And, and so on Sunday morning, I went to uh, uh, to mass. I, I prayed morning prayer with the with the fathers at the college. By the way, that is that is hard. Not praying, but <laughs> rising so early. I, I I'm not used to waking up super early, and I arrived rather late and I, I the, my first night was hard because the mattress in the guest room is extremely firm it's almost like it feels like I'm, I'm sleeping on a just on on a piece of wood and i didn't sleep that well so every time i would wake up in the middle of the night it would was cold in the room for some reason and uh so not only was I cold, but also, like, my arm was hurting because I was sleeping on my side and the, the mattress just wasn't wasn't made for that. And so I, I wake up after barely five hours of sleep to go to the chapel at um, 7, 6.30, was it? No, 7. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock in the morning. And then I had a short, uh, a, a simple breakfast. And then I walked to the Vatican. Um, and I recorded my first, my first podcast, my first soundseeing tours. It was so cool to be recording in the same way I did all those years ago when I started podcasting. And um, it's going to be, by the way, part of a of a new series of the Catholic Insider, which is. Officially the longest-running Catholic podcast in the world. I'm, I'm pretty confident to say that. <laughs> and so I'll be... Uh, oh, look at that. It's, I, th- I think this is a police building because there's a police car. The entrance is open and it's lit on the one side with a green spotlight and the other side with red. In the center it's white, so it, um, it lights up in the colors of the Italian flag. Let's see if I can cross the zebra here. There's no traffic light, so I should just be able to cross and the cars would be, Obligated to stop, but uh, they're turning the corner here. I'm wearing a very dark Winter coat. I don't think I'm very visible right now, so I'll wait until most of these cars are speeding by now. I'm going to run (laughs) Now I'm in the in the center like in this triangle now. I'm gonna run to the other side now I can cross the bridge over the Tiber. On my left is the small island with the church dedicated, I think, to St. Bartholomew. So the relics of the apostle Bartholomew are kept in that church. And here on my right side the Tiber takes a sharp turn and uh, disappears underneath another bridge. And right in front of me I can see the tower of another famous church uh, with the uh, the Bocca della Verita and much less known among tourists it also contains the head of a very famous saint at least once once per year everybody celebrates the saint without even knowing it and i'm talking about saint valentine his head is kept in that church and that church is close to the Circo Massimo, so this Circus Maximus, um, which is this long stretch of open... Uh, yeah, what is it? Like grass? It, it, but it used to be, of course, a racing track in the time of the Romans. All that and more I'm um, I'm explaining in this uh, in, in this new first episode of this new series that I'm making for the Catholic Insider. And that series will be made available um, in early access to my, uh, to my $10 or more patrons. So the, the patrons that um, uh, that are, are really supporting the storytelling mission, they will get uh, those episodes delivered in their podcasting feed. So if you would like to be part of that uh, community that gets early access to these to these uh, shows that I'm recording this week, you may want to up your tier. And of course there are many other reasons to up your tier, the least of which is... Uh, the least the most important one is you would be massively helping me to uh to continue this mission next year i'm not gonna repeat what i shared last week with uh because of the, the, the gaping uh abyss the gaping financial abyss that we have between what you know, the donations that are coming in, and then the expenses that we had this year. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if, if it's possible for you to up your tier, by all means, I won't stop you. On the contrary, I would be super, super grateful. Um, this is one of the things that I've been um, d- developing in my mind. Uh, over the past week I shared with you my ideas about um, uh, next year trying to generate some new uh, streams of revenue because I feel that with the donations alone with the the patrons alone we are not going to be able to uh, finance the mission so I need to come up with some other ideas to uh, create supplemental uh, income and so the, the the big idea that I had last week was I should really develop this um, uh, an answer to the demand that is obviously there to get help for um, all sorts of, of, of social communication efforts in the church and in church communities. rather noisy here, I'm surrounded by traffic, my apologies, soon it will get calmer. But Right now I'm waiting for the light to turn green so I can get out of this noise. I'm surprised that the bus that just passed by makes so much noise because I read somewhere that the busses, like the city busses, would, have, would um, all migrate to electrical power. This bus definitely sounded uh, like an old-fashioned gasoline-powered or diesel-powered bus. Maybe they, uh, they are slowly migrating. Alright. They don't want to get rid of all their old buses right away. There's probably no money for that. It's completely dark outside. There is a moon, but it's behind me somewhere hidden behind, behind the pine trees. And I'm now walking up a hill. Because the the racetrack of the of the Circus Maximus is kind of on the on the left side of one of the hills here in Rome, and I'm going to take a shortcut through a, a neighborhood. So the I can see the beginning of the track here, and beyond it, beautifully lit in the dark, are the ruins of. Emperor Nero's palace Or what remains of that as well as some other buildings is always a very impressive site and uh, When I was studying here, it wasn't lit like that. It was lit, but with these old-fashioned orange lamps and now they have LED spotlights and it's spectacular, it's a really beautiful they, You can tell that they did uh, like light design to add a lot more depth and texture to uh, the facades of all these ancient ruins. They're really gorgeous. Um, but soon I want to be able to see that because I'm gonna leave the busy, the busy road that goes around the Circo Massimo and I will Walk through this hopefully much calmer neighborhood. <laughs> By the way, I'm recording this on on my phone. Um, I try to to travel even lighter than I normally do. So I I always travel super light. I never take any carry-on luggage because it can get lost. It can all sorts of things can happen, and so I always travel just with. Uh, one personal bag which now has to, to fit underneath the seat of the person in front of you. So I have a special bag that is exactly tailored to the dimensions the, the all these very minimal dimensions that are allowed and uh, normally my, my, my bag is filled to the brim with all sorts of equipment mostly cameras and lenses and battery battery charges but this time i decided to uh, simplify even more and to just take my phone and because i wanted to record the 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 new episodes of the catholic insider um, in in really high quality stereo sound i took my uh, my digital microphone with me but it's very light it's all plastic Um, and so it is uh, it's much lighter than the cameras but for filming for photography and also for to record this podcast I'm just using my phone and I really love the fact that I can go out the door without having to carry a bag it's just a phone in my in my pocket and I can take it out immediately when I see something nice like uh, this afternoon I was walking around here in the neighborhood and I saw this cat sitting in the sunlight enjoying almost like a pensive meditative uh, p- posture and I took a photo and it's, it just turned out so nice and I would have never been able to take a picture like that with my old equipment because it would take time to get it out of my my bag. I'm walking alongside a, a, a huge wall here that surrounds um, the property of, I don't know, maybe it's a religious order. And I just passed by a man who is asleep on the pavement here, uh, next to the wall. He's covered in a, the sa- exactly the same blanket that I have in my room, I recognize the pattern. And so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, these are donations from uh, one of the monasteries here. Uh, They usually all have the same type of blankets. The poor man is just sleeping there in the cold. And uh, I'm always shocked when I see uh, news reports from the United States in, in a number of big cities there are entire villages almost of homeless people and they live sometimes in the center of a big city Uh, and so even though even though uh, cities like Rome have that uh, reputation of having a lot of homeless people and beggars um, in fact the situation in very rich countries like the United States is so much worse. And I, I really hope that there are too, and actually I know that also in 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 those cities in the United States that there are groups of volunteers that are doing what they can to be close to those people and to continue to make them feel like they are human beings just like anyone else. And the fact that you may have lost your home or your money, is oftentimes a, a combination of of events, and we hardly ever realize how vulnerable we are, Um, and, and this could happen to us as well. Oh, I know where I am right now. This is the beautiful, I think I've actually took the wrong turn, but I do recognize this church. This is where the Pope used to go on, let me think, I think on Ash Wednesday. I don't think, I'm not sure if he did it In the past couple of years because he's been of course much less mobile now that he's had so much trouble walking but in the past the pope would always come here and here if you go through this gate there's this beautiful park it's closed now obviously um and uh all over all over the surface of the park you have these orange trees and it's a gorgeous sight. And if you walk to the left here, alongside the uh, the wall of the church, you have a, a beautiful view of the city of Rome. Because, as I mentioned, we're on top of a hill, from which you can overlook everything. So the fact that I'm here means that I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually lost. <laughs> well, I know where I am, but I don't know how to get home. Um, so let me see. I think I. I crossed the Tiber, yeah, I should be still going more or less in the right direction. Oh well, you know, this is Rome. It's always possible to ask. The Santa Sabina, that's what I, that's the name of the church. I even filmed uh, an interview here. And Complesso Monumentale di Santa Sabina. And they're currently uh, working on, there are all sorts of restorations going on. I, I recall that here. Um, this this was a crazy assignment. So I got a call, um, and I think it was on Monday. I got a call from the broadcast organization that I worked for. And they tell me, hey, are, are you free on Wednesday? And I think, OK, is there, some, is there a meeting? I can come to Hilversum, which is where the company building is. And they said no. Actually, we would like you to go to Rome <laughs> because there is a group uh, of university students, of theology students, and they are currently visiting Rome. And actually, we want to do um, we want to do an episode of of your TV show about that. Apparently, they struck a deal with the university. Um, they just forgot to make arrangements. So they had no one to go to Rome and film it. So I was like, okay, I can do that. But since this is a, like a last minute thing, I really need to have some extra help when it comes to editing. And back then I was super modest in my requests. So <laughs> I I probably need a little bit of extra budget to hire an editor for a day. Thinking back of those days, I'm thinking, oh man, I I, <laughs> I should have doubled my rates or tripled them. They had no alternative anyway. So here is another square and a, a wall of um, what looks like a big, um, uh, what is it, uh, gosh, the word escapes me, where you bury people, burial place. <laughs> and there's a church also on the premises here is a an entrance and this is called San Anselmo uh, so this is actually this is part of the uh, university there's another university here um, uh, because they teach philosophy and theology. They have a liturgical institute here, San Anselmo. Oh, yes, here's the entrance. I do remember this. We had a student at the Dutch College who studied here. I just never realized it was in this part of the, of the city. All right, we'll just walking alongside the walls of the university premises here. On my left are some beautiful... Uh, buildings as well. This must be probably also a, a, a collegio. So this is where oftentimes dioceses or, well, usually countries um, or, or religious orders would just build their houses. Oh wow, look at that. This is a, that should be a hotel or something like that. It's a, it's a, a, a beautiful I would say I would say 19th century building. And it's all pink, <laughs> except for the pillars and the, 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 the window sills, they're all in white. But then they completely covered it with Christmas lights. And they've got these, these, these long, uh, what is it, how do you call that? Oh. Not sure, but anyway, it's just like these girelons in in French. I'm not sure what the word is, um, but it's it's absolutely beautiful. Still, no idea where I am. Of course, I should uh, check my uh, the map on my phone, but I'm afraid that if I do that, that it'll stop the recording. <laughs> And I'm actually planning on sending the recording straight from my phone to Inge, who is in the Netherlands, so she can do all the editing and put it together and upload it. Because that's something, that's kind of the the downside of the solution. Um, Or the the solution, the decision to uh, travel light and to only take my phone. My professional audio recorder... uh, works with an SD card but there's no way that I can transfer the recordings to my phone Um, if I wanted to do that I would have needed um, a laptop but I was thinking I'm trying to travel light if I take my laptop it's going to add more than a kilo it's like a kilo and a half I think the the MacBook Air Plus, and that's not the only thing. I also have to take the charger. I need to have a hub because the MacBook Air doesn't have an SD card reader. So I need to have a special hub for that. Plus the USB cables that come with that. Plus the charger. (laughs) No, no, that's too much. So. Um, I figured you know what let's record it with the phone um, And the stereo recordings and all the you know the nice sound tours high-quality audio all that um, Something tells me I've got to go Down here to the right But it may be completely wrong. I do hear a church There's a church ball church bell tolling in the distance I hear the sound of the f- one of those fountains. They have water here streaming. Let me see if I can let you listen to that. You hear this sound? That is one of the uh, public fountains and they are all over the city. And this water is actually drink drinkable water. It's high quality water. Um, and it's available everywhere in the city. For everyone and this is apparently even regulated by law they have to have these drinking points uh, but the water itself is I think it's it goes straight into the ground um, so it's a bit of a waste of all that you know nice high quality water but I guess it's also for the safety of the population and uh, especially in the summertime, when it's super warm, you need to be able to stay hydrated. Uh, okay, I, I still believe I have to go down this road. It's a hunch, and it's usually when I follow this hunch, it's completely the wrong direction. <laughs> it's so classical. But, uh, oh well, since we're recording the walk, you know, who cares. Uh, when I'm done with this recording, I'll check the map. <laughs> so that is why I'm recording this on the phone. I'll send the file. It's an M- M4V file, so it's a proprietary Apple format audio. So that still needs to be converted to MP3. So you can actually listen to this. And all that, uh, thankfully, is done by, uh, by Inge. <clears throat> and so, yeah, so I'm still kind of figuring out how to um what the best workflow is with this very small amount of uh of equipment but it just the 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 possibility to just walk around with my phone instead of all that equipment is amazing i love it I did also today. That's another thing that I did, um, and and on Sunday as well. So on Sunday, I totally lost track of what I was telling you. So Sunday, I went to the Vatican. After breakfast, um, I celebrated con-celebrated Mass in the Dutch Church there, and then I went to St. Peter's Square for the Angelus prayer, and I was. Very surprised that there was, was such a huge crowd. Normally on Sundays there is a you know sizable crowd, a couple of thousand people, but this time the entire square was full of people and lots of kids, lots of families. Turns out that that was the Sunday on which the Pope traditionally blesses the uh, bambini gesù. So the every Catholic family. Oh, turns out I was right. This is the right direction. I do recognize that road. Anyway, so uh, every Catholic family, and also probably the non-Catholic families, they all have their presepe, so their nativity scene. And uh, it's a tradition that in Rome you take the statuette of the baby Jesus to St. Peter's Square, and then the Pope blesses the statuettes. And then you take it home, and you place that statuette that is blessed by the Pope... On Christmas Eve, you place that in the uh, in the manger. I love that tradition. I think it's wonderful. And so you had all these kids, and also grown-up man. Like the, the, there was this guy. You may have seen this on uh, uh, on my socials with the uh, the photos that I took um, of this guy, and he was completely dressed up in a in a Christmas in a Santa Santa Claus suit. <laughs> And he was also carrying this beautiful statue of uh, uh, a pretty sizable baby Jesus that, he had, that the moment the Pope spoke the blessing, he lifted it up and he was moved. I could tell that he was moved and it was such a, an amazing combination of the, like the, <laughs> the really over-the-top Santa costume. And then to see this, this guy so moved by what was happening, it was a, a really touching moment. And then I went to take a look at the the nativity scene on St. Peter's Square itself. Now, of course, that scene still was missing Jesus, um, because it's a tradition here that you only put the infant Jesus in there when it's uh, when it's Christmas. But what they did is they made they made a nativity scene to honor the original uh, nativity scene by by Saint Francis. He was the one who started this tradition. So um, at one point he, he wanted to visualize the nativity story for uh, the people he was trying to reach. And so he went to see, I think, a farmer and he asked, can I, Can you give me a, 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 a what is it, a, a donkey and a, um, an ox? And, and then he asked one of, one of the people of the village, there was a, a family and they just had a, a baby, like a newborn child, and he asked them if he could uh, use that child for that nativity scene. So it didn't have Mary, it didn't have Joseph, it had just the, the two animals, and then in the center was a manger and, uh, and Francis deposed the, the live baby in there <laughs> and people never forgot and ever since that day this is I think 800 years ago this became um, a worldwide a global tradition and so to honor the fact that it is 800 years ago that Saint Francis came up with that um, they have constructed this this kind of impression of what it might have looked like and uh, there are also some franciscan the statues are very lifelike Um, and there are a couple of franciscan friars also standing among the characters of the nativity scene it's really beautiful it's a very traditional scene which i like some years they've had these experimental nativity scenes and so every year another region um, is asked to provide the Vatican with a with a nativity scene and so sometimes you get these really weird (laughs) almost alien versions of the nativity scene but this year it's very traditional it's very beautiful and what I what I did and this is very cool I filmed um, that day in 3D, and I also did that this morning. Um, so I, I used the, the new functionality of the iPhone Pro Max to film in 3D for the Apple Vision Pro. Now, of course, I'm not planning on buying an Apple Vision Pro because I don't have the money, it's a very expensive device. But this being Apple, I'm just counting on that, on the fact that in a couple of years from now this will be mainstream technology and I know that this visit even though I've been to Rome many times and I will probably return to Rome many times every visit is special and I want to have some some memories in 3D of this particular trip because, you know, what's what the chance that I'll be able to go to Rome again for Christmas and then having this kind of stunning weather? It's very unlikely, so I am filming stuff in 3D. It's still relatively low quality. I'm so glad, by the way, that I, that I followed my instincts, because for once I was right. I am here at the, the Pyramide. So it's a, a real Egyptian pyramid that was built by the Romans. 12 bc that's how old it is and it's still completely intact Uh, it's a small relatively small pyramid of course if you compare it to the pyramids in in egypt but it is very much a a real pyramid and there is also a city gate which is i think from the third century Uh, yeah it's the third century and so that is all still standing here in the center of this, of all this conjunction of roads. And uh, this is what I love about Rome, you know. Every street corner, there is a, there is history. There are stories connected to all these buildings, and that's that's what I'm actually recording in this uh, uh, new series of the Catholic Insider. And and I just, just while I was recording, I realized. How much I missed it, and how, how much fun it is to to tell stories with just audio. So I'm 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 really eager to share that, uh, and and I, I hope that uh, I get to do it again. <laughs> no, of course, <laughs> it all depends on how we are able to uh, to uh, to keep doing what we do. And, and, of course, with the, all the plans for uh, more diverse activities next year, um, I'll have to be prudent with my time. But I think so, so. one of the things that I did was to try to get the word out about this trip to Rome. So I uh, planned with Inge to send out um an email blast to we have a a mailing list which we haven't really been growing over the past few years because it it just never really was our thing and we couldn't find a time to uh to write or we thought we didn't have the time we focused a lot on the production of the programs itself Um, But I'm more and more aware of how important that mailing list can become um, if we plan it properly. What a difference with all the traffic noise down below. I'm walking up the hill here. This is the Piccolo Aventino. I'm heading to the, uh, the Collegio of San Roberto. So we'll have sometimes a motorino and a car, but all in all, it's a very quiet neighborhood. I love it. Uh, So, in the the email blast, I said, Hey, do you want to come with me to Rome? Well, you know, here's what you can do. Go to my Patreon page. And, of course, obviously, if you're a patron, you already have access to my post there. But if you you haven't, you can just become a member of the Patreon community uh, for free. There is now a free tier. It doesn't give you much in terms of, you know, uh, perks, but it does allow you to watch those updates and what I'm what I'm doing now is I post stories every day. Uh, whenever I have time and I'm out tonight, I'm not going to do it because I'm tired. <laughs> it's, and it's late. What time is it now? It's a quarter past nine. Yeah. In half an hour, I should be in bed and sleeping because tomorrow mass is at 6.30, um, but uh, uh, in the email I was constantly saying, well, hey, join the community, join the community. So that's my current call to action. And I'm doing this on purpose, and I'll talk a bit more about this um, in the final part of this walk, uh, the, the, like the extra mile that I record for my patrons. But uh, the, the idea is I uh, uh, over time want to more and more include calls to action so that the, the moment that I encounter someone, someone who's maybe watching a video or downloading a podcast or whatever, what I always want to include is a follow up, like an invitation. If you like this, do this. And that is to train myself to think more in terms of creating a, a lasting bond. And that's relatively new in my approach to my community. Is I want to, um, to strengthen the... Let's say, how do you say that? Yeah, the bond. I don't have another word for it. Um, and there are well-known, established, successful routines or methods for that, which I've never really applied because I always associated them with like marketing, sales and whatnot. But I realize more and more that in a way, I do sell a message. I do sell uh, hope and inspiration and I want to find clients for that. And of course, since I, I've been developing this idea of becoming a, a social media coach, especially for churches and parishes, but also for individuals, I, I've realized by what I've been reading so far, and I've been reading quite a few books already, on the, the organizational aspects and the, also the the way in which I can transfer my my knowledge and my experience into coaching products, pro- coaching sessions and courses, uh, the more I realize that this requires a different mindset in the, in the sense that I really have to think more in terms of. Uh, uh that there are different stages in a relationship the stage one is of course first impression very important how do you welcome people do they feel like this is for them and sometimes you can do that in, I, I immediately think being a people pleaser like oh i have to be f- super um i have to please everyone <laughs> but that's not always the best sometimes sometimes you have to emphasize that your content is not for everyone that it's only for people who really want more of that and especially when i'm thinking of um of coaching and helping people i i realize wow two old-fashioned buses i can tell by the sound of these are not electrical buses (laughs) anyway but that completely negates what I said before about this neighborhood being so tranquil, <laughs> so quiet. Uh, let me go to the left here and make a short detour because uh, I need to walk some more. But anyway, so uh, what I want for, the, for, for my future clients is, they need to be very, very motivated. Um, th- there's been a time that I thought that in order to, build a community i would just give away everything share everything and that was even emphasized i think by the mindset of that has been programmed in me as a priest like you are a priest you work for god you don't work for money you just give away everything for free the thing is it's (laughs) it's maybe a laudable idea but in practice that doesn't work you want to have a number of of well-to-do clients that can make this whole enterprise, this whole mission sustainable. And this is why you want to be selective when it comes to reaching out to the people that you want to attract as clients. And so the criteria for me is the people that I want to work with and the parishes that I want to work with. They really need to have that drive. Like we want to reach out. We want to be able to reach young people and we're not. So I want some kind of honesty here. And I know from my personal experience, how delusional we can be in the church, how much we can tell ourselves that we are doing a great job when it comes, we have a website, we are online. We post our mass times on Facebook. And then, if, if you're totally honest, but how many people do you reach? And how many of those people are actually already, like, super pious, religious, church-going people? But that's not what Jesus asks us to do. He wants us to go to the ends of the world to tell anyone about the gospel. We are not doing that. We're just pretending that we do. It's fake. And what I hope to do and what I plan to do is in my coaching to break through that delusion and to also sometimes be blunt and honest. And I've <laughs> I learned this from a guy who does um, uh, book reviews on YouTube. And what he does is he, he roasts the bookshelves of his viewers. So he's got a lot of followers and they send him photos of their bookshelves and he says oh my goodness i cannot believe that you read this book i don't i no longer want to be your friend because this book is awful and <laughs> the or, or your your book corner looks terrible and come on get rid of the funko pops and please and you know what because he's so critical people actually love it because he tells them what a lot of other people will never dare to tell them and i believe that with coaching that may be an approach that works especially when it comes to the church um, you don't i believe that you don't look for a teacher that tells you that you're already you're already an a plus you know you're you're a fantastic student. I have nothing to teach you. No. You want a teacher to be strict and to tell you here is where you can improve and sometimes this is where you need to improve. And otherwise you will fail the bar. That is I think what what I'm what I feel I need to learn in my future outreach to potential uh, people that I want to help with coaching is they really need to be aware of the fact that they need a teacher, that they need a coach, that they can improve. But it's not going to be easy and it's going to require a lot of attention. What I want to prevent is people that are, and I've unfortunately helped so many of these in the past where you would give a a workshop and tell them, well, this is what you should do. And then I would later on check their websites and blogs, and it would still be the same (sighs) mediocre, nauseatingly mediocre content. And as if I I taught them nothing. And it's just because they didn't really want to change. They just wanted to tell themselves, hey, we've been listening to this guy (laughs) Father Roderick, and he talked about podcasts, and it was cool, yeah, and now we just go back to our business and we do things as we always did. I don't want that, and I, I truly believe that if the church wants to move ahead on in this direction that is currently, I think really changing the, the church from the inside, and that is a church that listens to the questions of the people, and that tries to help them uh, a church that is kind of like a field hospital, I love that metaphor. Um, you, in order to be a good doctor, you need to first listen to your to your um, patients, but you also need to be a good doctor. <laughs> you need to know what medicine to administer and how to administer and when. And I think communication in many ways is, a, is medicine. It's medicine for the soul it's the, it's the good news of jesus but you have to know how to bring it and in what which doses you have to give it to this or that patient so it, it, it requires so much and that's why i believe i really have something to bring to the table not just something i have a lot to bring to the table i've got 20 years of experience in social media 25 if you count my years that i was blogging about Star Wars and faith. There's almost no one that I know in my field who has that kind of experience. And also, I've, I've tried out so many things, I've failed so often. All that I think is so valuable to the kind of teaching that I can bring. Anyway. As you can tell i'm quite excited about the future i'm so happy Uh, i'm really excited and well anyway that's uh you'll hear much more about that in the weeks and months to come but i'm almost home and i still need to talk a little bit with my patrons if, if that's okay with you and of course if you want to join my patrons, patreon.com slash Father And if you sign up for the $5 or the $10 tier, you'll get the premium version of the walk every week, as well as, you know, for the $10 or more patrons, you will get these new episodes of The Catholic Insider recorded just for you. I will talk to you soon. Take care and God bless.